Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Come through, queen. I want to see you. Come through, queen. Hi, everyone. It's Brendan, and this is Come Through Queen. We have a wind chime. Oh, wind chime. Of my hand and yours. Hey, Jamie, let me just say, that is the chicest wind chime yes, I have ever. Thank you, darling. So Dan is away this week. He's actually in Orange County, and we'll actually have some dispatches from him a little later in the episode but we have a very special guest on a very perfect week. Joining us today is host of Housewives and Me podcast and Irish to the show, Connor Bean. Hello. Oh, my God. The way you can say my surname, I feel so blessed. So few Americans can, and you're one of the few. Well, I'm Irish American, bitch. That's tea. That's tea. So I wanted to start with Connor because... <laughs> The Real Housewives of New Jersey are following in the footsteps of the Real Housewives of Orange County, and yes. they just vacationed in Dublin this week, and yeah. Connor had a little encounter, so <laughs> yes, I did. let's start from the beginning. Yeah, so I mean, I think you probably, I think you mentioned this last week that we knew they were coming here this week to film, so they arrived in Ireland on Wednesday, it seems to be for like some kind of bachelorette bachelorette weekend or trip for Teresa because apparently her wedding is next weekend. That's what I heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, Dolores is going out with a guy called Paul from Dublin who followed me on Instagram today. So I guess wow. my new besties, my new bestie, Paul. Um, so they arrived on Wednesday. I kind of heard that they were in staying somewhere in Dublin. I didn't know if they were coming into city center or anything. Someone said to me, early on Wednesday oh they're going to be in Cafe on Sam which is a restaurant mm-hmm. or sorry it's a restaurant in Burr like kind of in the city center so I was like oh cool that's good to know and I was just looking at the restaurant's Instagram to see throughout today if they're sharing anything 
And then on Wednesday evening, I was having drinks at friends in the city center and I was leaving around 9.45 and I mm-hmm. went to look at Cafe on Sands Insta to see if they'd maybe, I was like, oh, they've probably done all their filming. Maybe there's some fun photos I can look at on my walk home. And they had posted a photo from like 20 minutes previously to when I looked at it being like, they're filming here now. I was like, whoa, 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 let me run over because it was on my way home. So it was like 10 sure. minutes from where I was. So get to Cafe on Sands. I'm like floating around outside. I see ca- uh, camera crew outside and they look like they're setting up to film some kind of exit shot i was like whoa 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 okay what's the tea mm-hmm. a lovely girl called caroline comes up to me who had dm'd me on my way about cafe and saying the fact that they were there and listens to, the, to my podcast so i was like hi can you get me in she walks me in i see them filming they had taken this large kind of uh is it banquet it's these kind of large seats banquets banquet seating and they had kind of been slightly roped off with their own security and it was like mm-hmm. like did a lot of lighting on them it's a i should say as well it's like a group of eight on this trip so you have dolores Teresa, uh jennifer margaret jackie was there uh little, 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 melissa was there and you had three newbies jen danielle and rachel so they were all hanging out together so i kind of stared at them for a second got a photo and then i was like okay i'm gonna go back inside because like melissa had her jacket on and she was clearly getting ready to leave like they were talking in that way you know when you're about to leave a restaurant with a group of friends and one yeah. person's moving i was like there is no point in me blocking like any shots i want to get outside and get another look so i go and stand outside and then like 10 minutes later they leave and as seen in the videos i shared online that have sort of gone mini viral um mm-hmm. Teresa and margaret left together and they were like very buddy buddy like very very like happy to talk to each other um melissa and jackie were like kind of pally on the walk over and as I started walking down past the restaurant and through the city center, they were like kind of rowdy and a bit tipsy. And Melissa and Jackie were like taking selfies and like falling over and mm-hmm. kind of having a good time. Um, so I ended up following them all the way through the city center because they walked by a well-known hotel and then kind of curved left. And I realized they were going to another bar. So I was like, okay, I'm going to like hang out here and see what the story is. They went into that right. bar, had a private area upstairs. They filmed some more there for maybe like an hour or so. And then they left and got into a minivan that was waiting for them. OC style. A little family van? No, like the bigger than like a family van. If you know the kind of bus that the OC gals got when they were in Dublin, it was one of sure. those. So I was oh, like, yeah. oh my God. At flashbacks, I was literally like, oh my God. I went, I was like, so much is going to happen on that bus. How legendary. Um, First of all, they were all wearing green. Yeah, lots of green. Top of the morning to you, energy. <laughs> Which like, as an Irish person, is that embarrassing <laughs> slash insulting to you? It's not insulting, but it is a bit naff. Like, I don't, Irish people don't really wear green that way. But I will say Melissa was wearing a really cool jacket. I was like, okay, Melissa's going to turn this into a look. Teresa was in a white dress. Teresa was all in white. Like, she was basically dressed like a bride. Mm-hmm. And they actually had, before they left Cafe on Sen, they did like a group photo together. And they all had boas. And I could see Melissa kind of art directing the shoot. And she goes, okay, one with boas, one without. And they took photos. And then they're walking down. Out, they left the bar with the boas. And a few of them had boas. And I just saw Jennifer stop and go, I want a fucking boa. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. Um, I'm trying to think of other things I noticed. So when we got to the second location, I didn't realize that people were going inside to like meet them. And I was kind of like, oh shit. But I hung around outside the bar because I wanted to like, see them when they left because you can get like you end up being really close to them when they're leaving like they're literally beside you um Mm -hmm. and i got talking to this guy called ronan who had gotten roped into filming a scene with the women in the upstairs area where he had to like he had a drinking competition with jackie where they both had to knock back a pint of guinness he he showed me a video of them doing it and he like scold the point scold is like a term we would say for like drinking really quickly he drank his drink really fast and jackie (laughs) ended up like dribbling guinness all over herself (laughs) which i thought was kind of funny um 
And then I spoke to other people who had ended up filming upstairs and they said that like, I think Rachel, one of the newbies got behind the bar that they were doing, they were drinking and stuff. And at one point they were throwing sparkling water on each other and Teresa's hair got wet and she ran to the bar to dry her hair. And one of the women went, she just got a blowout. (laughs) Oh, wow. So I think season six. Yeah. So I think, (laughs) I think they had like, what was struck me about the filming was like when they left Cafe and Sound in the first place, I saw them at, like there was a moment of producers going, can you stand here? Okay. And like the sound person told security to like move a certain way so they could get the shot. But then once mm-hmm. they started rolling, they were just kind of drunken women walking around the city center. They weren't being told what to do. Like they were actually walking along like a group of friends and they were kind of in their own little world. Like at one point I was really near Jackie and Melissa. And I thought, oh, I could probably go up and say hello or get a picture. But I was actually like, no, they're like, mid scene they're like just being drunk women in town filming and like i wanted them to have the like organic experience because i thought maybe they'd be like stand here and we'll film this like once they start rolling it just seems very much like they're on their own little world and they just Mm -hmm. and even the people i spoke to who went upstairs in the second venue i was like what's it like watching the film and they were like oh once the camera's on they're just kind of in their own world and they don't like they're just doing their thing they're not being told what to say and they don't they say they didn't really talk to people when they were filming, and then they took selfies once they'd stopped and stuff as a thank you. But like they kind of just do their thing, which I thought was cool. Cause you know, you kind of imagine maybe, oh, it's super staged and they're told what to say. And that my that was not my impression mm-hmm. at all. I did get the vibe that like it's it's kind of done with military precision. Like they film here and go to the next location. There's no kind of It's quick. It's quick because even their walk through town was no more than 10 minutes, you know? Yeah. So I was like, okay, they probably there's probably like an episode half an episode in. The two locations I saw. Do you know what I mean? So interesting. Um, question about location: Were they did they walk in the same places that the OC women walked? Kind of, not really. So, Cafe on Sen is in a dip. So, where the, so the departments where the OC women went to is at the end of Grafton Street in Dublin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's down one end and it takes up quite a bit of space. So it's a big, big uh, building and the entrance that the OC women used was to the left of that. So they were there. And if you walked five minutes up that same street, the women from Jersey would have cut across there and walked by the hotel into the next location. So they were within a five to 10 minute radius of a lot of the spots that the OC women filmed in. But from what I can gather from the hotel to the places they went on this trip, they didn't go to any venue or place that the mm-hmm. OC gals did. Because I think on Thursday, they were in a place called Paris Court Shopping Center and they walked through, they did walk through Temple Bar, which the OC women did as well. So you might maybe see a match, like matching there, but I would imagine they didn't do the same venues. They also went to Mullingar, uh, I think today slash yesterday, sorry, like Thursday evening for dinner. So from what I can gather, there won't be much crossover. I think maybe the Temple Bar stuff might mm. look similar, but I was impressed because Dublin is a nice city, but it's it's small. So there's not a huge amount of stuff you can shoot yeah. here anyway. So we'll see if any there's any crossover. I mean, it's as we know well, as fans, it's rare for a city to come up twice on two different shows. Well, my friend um, who would know about these things, she was surprised that they were going to Dublin because of that exact reason. Bravo doesn't yeah. like to show the yeah. same location twice. Um, and since Dublin is a pretty small city, it's like hard it's hard to find places yeah. that that megan king edmonds wasn't asking people if they were o'toole's at but see the thing is that stuff would have been filmed like i want to see because they stayed in paris court and that's more near like kildare slash wicklow so i would say the oc gals were staying in Lutristown castle which is like in dublin so i think i think overall it will probably have a slightly different feel and it looks like they maybe went for dinners and drinks in 
Dublin City more than the OC mm-hmm. gals who did more kind of countryside type things. So mm-hmm. I think it'll be, it'll probably look and feel different. And also, I got the vibe. There's a few like kind of Dublin women I saw that were interacting with producers at Cafe and Sen, and one of the production team walks them out and brought them somewhere. And I think they may be Paul's family or no Paul. So I have a feeling we're going to see maybe parts of Dublin that his family room, which I would imagine are kind of inner city and more like working class and kind of very Irish. So I think hopefully we'll see a bit of that because that's the side of Ireland you don't always see on American TV. So I think it's going to be a different vibe. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, I have to say as well, like this sounds a bit random, but seeing Jackie like let loose at Melissa kind of made me happy because we know that she, there's all this talk of her being friend of, which maybe is the truth, maybe isn't, who knows? Maybe mm-hmm. they'll change their mind after filming. But like, she to me looked like she was letting her hair down and she looked like she was in good spirits. And even something like her knocking back a pint to Guinness, like Guinness is famously, there's like a slogan about how it's basically a meal in a glass. Like it's a stout. So it's a very heavy kind of drink. And I was like, I love that she didn't worry about knocking back a pint to something heavy like Guinness. You know, she went, did it and had fun with it. Cause I feel like maybe the Jackie we would have seen a season or two ago would have been more reserved around that. Or mm. maybe I just, that made me happy. I was like, she seems to be in good spirits. And we know from the show that she's had a tough time. So that made me happy. So little things like that. I mean, there didn't seem to be any real drama. I think people really responded to Marge and Teresa in that first video I shared. Like yeah. every, everybody mentioned that. So they weren't like all over each other, but when they left together, they were talking like there was no issue. Whereas I did mm-hmm. get, I didn't see really see Melissa and Teresa talk much in the times that I was kind of walking around them. Mm-hmm. I also made eye contact with Teresa at one point, which was like, have, I felt frightening like my style. So <laughs> that's, that's chilling, Connor. That's chilling. She, she glamored me. She glamored me. <laughs> um, I think it's really exciting that nine women went to film because yeah, I said eight, but it was nine. Yeah. Jesus. Oh my God. More, more, it's more. Um, it's yeah. a good sign that there are three new people and all of them are on the trip. Given that yeah. like, we haven't had success with friends of necessarily a lot in jersey aside from like danielle Staub. yeah and from what i can remember danielle the blonde lady had like a crazy outfit on she was in full jersey drag i didn't really see much of rachel and i did think as mentioned in our group text that jen that the new jen looks a little bit like renee from mob wives which was a bit jarring i was like is that renee graciano <laughs> right yes <clears throat> So who knows? Maybe it's a secret mom wife's coming out. <laughs> oh my god, a crossover! Amazing. Well, speaking yeah. of, um, I guess like seeing people in the wild, um, our own Dan is in Orange County, and yes. last night he went out for drinks. And I just, I'm gonna let him tell us in his own words. Hey everyone, it's Dan reporting live from Orange County, California. Um, I have a few tales to share. However, you're going to have to wait till next week when I'm back, but I'll I'll tell one right now. One aptly named for our co-host who's filling in for us this week, Connor Bean. And this is a tale of housewives or housewife and me. (laughs) So we received some intel that there's a hotspot in Laguna Beach that Taylor Armstrong frequents. So we figured, like, let's just roll the dice and see what happens. We enter the unnamed location, and lo and behold, at the bar, with who I think was her husband, was Taylor Armstrong just chatting up, having drinks, I think having, like, a nice big salad, and just, like, living her best life. So, yeah, I was shocked. Obviously did not 
want to interrupt her, like, just living her life, but I was just honored to be in the presence of. So, yeah, that's it for this week, and I'll have more to tell next week. I think you have a hint if you take a look at the Come Through Queen Instagram page. All right, bye. Wow. Well, oh, my God. First of all, I don't know why he's <laughs> keeping the place, like, secret, because, like, she's well-documented at that location, like, on their Facebook page, like, oh, all over okay. the place. <laughs> What kind of restaurant is what kind of food like seafood it's like an outdoor like drinks and probably like like lunch spots well one thing i do love about this podcast both this uh show and the pre-show is that you love to get into like food orders and restaurant antics so i really want dan to break down the vibe of the restaurant food wise next week that's the request i have as a and despite my bullying <laughs> bullying via texting i'm like we didn't get any photographic evidence like <laughs> please i'm I don't know Taylor Armstrong personally, but I'm sure Taylor Armstrong would be happy to be recognized out at this bar. I'm sorry. Do you know what's funny, though? What he said about, like, I had a similar vibe on Wednesday watching the Housewives New Jersey. Obviously, I took photo and video, but, like, there's something about seeing Housewives in person where I'm like, just seeing you is enough? Like, yeah. Like, as in, I took photo and video because I'm like, they're being filmed for the show. So, like, I don't feel like I'm breaching any kind of privacy or whatever. But mm-hmm. also, like, at one point, I'm like, I could have gone up to these women at, at multiple mm-hmm. junctures. And I just, like, no, just seeing you is kind of destabilizing me. Like, I don't know quite know what to do. And I don't really, I've interviewed and met, like, a lot of musicians and actors for mm-hmm. work. And I've always been like, it's fine. It is what it is. This was like, oh my God, this is so strange. I don't know. It's hard to explain. So, weirdly, I can kind of see, I mean, I think Dan could have got Alex to take a nice selfie of them and Taylor would happen to be in the background. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To me, to me though, like housewives are the only celebrity that I would feel comfortable approaching in the wild. Like they, they're on this show to be famous. Like it's not Mm -hmm. like an actor who you could argue acts because they love the craft. Like I love Meryl Streep. I probably wouldn't stop her on the street, but would I stop Sonia Morgan? potentially yeah it just depends on the context like i have found over the years not to sound like a dickhead but Mm -hmm. i find when it comes to being in the room with well-known people sometimes you forego like the photo and the evidence to like an actual meaningful five minutes with them that they actually go that person's cool or like getting to see them in their natural habitat and just observe like i remember once years ago there was a big drag show in town that one of the dublin queens had organized was uh Halloween theme show and Courtney Act, Trixie Mattel, Willem, Sharon Needles. There was at least two other big drag race queens involved in it. They were in the show and then they came to the George for an after party. And I ended up, the green room they're using is a room we use all the time anyway in work. So I was in there chatting to people I knew. And I was like, I am like inches away from, and Trixie was, had stayed in full drag, by the way, and looked amazing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I am just like vibing here, watching them hang out and chat. And I'm like, that is worth its weight in gold versus like sure. going, oh my God, can I get a picture? You know, mm-hmm. and also it was a weird night where Sharon Needles was drunk and me and one of the managers ended up talking to her for mm-hmm. 15 minutes and actually had to be like, okay, Sharon, like <laughs> you can go now. <laughs> we had to right. be like pulling her off and somebody else. So like, I, it's weird with celebrities and it's weird with reality stars. I know what you mean. In one way, also, I feel like we know them more because they share so much of themselves. Whereas in actor, you could argue, that's not me. It's a role I play. Whereas reality stars are like, well, that's you, babe. Unless they edited you really badly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that being said, I've seen many housewives throughout the years and not taken photos of them. So I'm being a hypocrite here. But I did one time see Danielle Staub at a Pride celebration in like 2015 and I got a photo. I don't, I mean, you need a, that's also to make sure that she's a real human being on this earth and making sure she's actually on this realm, you know? I'm still unsure.
Um, that's so exciting though. I'm, uh, the other part of it, if you go to our Instagram, he went to a, um, historic location (laughs) and spoke to, um, a spouse of a housewife, which was exciting. Um, let us move on to other exciting OC news though. Yes. Yes. So Mm -hmm. the other night I was watching on Wednesday night, I was watching watch what happens live and, um, Sutton was on and Lisa from, um, Dubai was on. Mm -hmm. And I saw on twitter.com, Dave Quinn, the author of, um, not all diamonds and Rose. Yes. Tweeted something along the lines of like, I'll be watching watch what happens live very closely tonight. And I was like, I wonder what that means because going into this week, T- Vicky and Tamara were on the night before and yeah. I was like, there's no way that they're going to do an announcement for Tamara in front of Vicky because Vicky yeah. will like melt down publicly <laughs> and that'll be very scary for us all. And then like, it didn't even really click to me when Dave Quinn tweeted that, but then the moment I heard that doorbell, <laughs> oh, I was yeah, I like, the watch happens live doorbell. It's so old school <clears throat> TV. It goes, ding dong. <laughs> I was like, it's Tamara. And it yeah. was Tamara in a Looking amazing purple oh jumpsuit that like was an interesting look and choice for this moment, but her body snatched. She looks like a pop star. I was like, is she about to drop an album? Like what's going on? <laughs> and they announced that she's getting her orange back. Yeah. It's interesting. Isn't it? I mean, this is something that you guys always get into this podcast and I really appreciate it. But like, you've really noted that like in the last few years, they've gone from like keeping it secret until the cast reveals mm-hmm. happens a month before premieres to telling us this person has joined the cast and is filming right now. And I guess it's to get ahead of like the social media postings and stuff anyway, but it is fun that they're like embracing the pageantry. Cause I know it was, what it was kind of a new story on people and sites like that in the last week. But I feel mm-hmm. like for me, I kept thinking, no, 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 the podcast, there's no way they won't let her. And now that it's like, we've had it confirmed with her in the room. I'm like, okay, it, it's really happening. And she's talked about like, I'm going to meet Shannon and, and talk to her and da, 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 da. So. Yeah. It's just really interesting at this point, there's like no rules in housewives. Like all the things that we thought yeah. were like in stone, as far as like, this is how you can behave. Like, this is how they come back. This is how they're announced. Like none of that exists anymore. And that's what makes it like super exciting. Now that like ultimate girls trip, like, you can go on Ultimate Girls Trip, talk about production of your show, and then be invited back into into your show that you haven't been in a couple years. It's so fun. And it is interesting because, well, I mean, we'll get to Ultimate Girls Trip in a little while, obviously, but, like, it's interesting to think that, like, that's probably why that cast did it. And really, of all of them, Tamara was the only one while watching. I thought this person could actively go back to the show tomorrow and it wouldn't, mm-hmm. it wouldn't feel weird. And she doesn't feel too desperate to do it, that it would be tough to watch. So, yeah, I mean, it's funny. I, I have a very weird relationship with OC in that I ironically started watching it this season. They went to Ireland, so I have not mm-hmm. seen the glory days. And I liked Tamara when I watched what I watched of it. And I actually interviewed her at one point, and the interview never aired, but I remember thinking she was really nice on the phone when I spoke to her. Mm-hmm. So, like, I have always kind of liked her as a reality character, and I admire her kind of, like, the way she will get into the mix. So I'm kind of like, I'm here for it. I mean... Is the other person rumored? Is it definitely Gretchen? Is that what we're thinking? Is that the T? The other person that I saw rumored was Alexis Bellino. Oh, so, okay, okay, interesting. I'm I don't think it's OCs. 
I don't think it's Gretchen because on two T's in a pod, um, which is must must listen uh, podcastery, um, Tamara <laughs> was talking about this, and Teddy asked her like, "If you show up to filming and Gretchen sitting there, what would you do?" And Tamara was like, "I'd probably walk walk out." <laughs> so I don't I don't necessarily think that Gretchen has been cast because it seems like the girls know who's on the cast right now. Yeah, so like. Do you think there's going to be a newbie or some kind of well-known face who's but who's new to OC? I'm I'm re- I feel like there's still a little there's still a little bit of a gap there that I'm like so curious who it might be because it's I really thought they'd keep Noella. I truly thought yeah. I was like Dr. Jen's not going to do more than one season. I thought we might get Dr. Jen as a friend of if, if she's lucky, but I really thought they would keep Noella and particularly because I think Noella and Tamara will be kind of interesting, but apparently no. I think potentially they'll bring in a Heather Dubrow friend. Yeah. Um, my sick brain wants um, Maria Bello. Is that her name? Maria Bello. I know her last name is Bello. That woman who like looks like another world Kelly Dodd who came to that one event last season. <laughs> yeah. she, bizarro world Kelly Dodd. Yeah, she's going to join the cast. <laughs> um, but then my, I, I know what's going to happen when the show starts filming. Shannon and Heather are going to start the show on like a fake United front. Mm-hmm. And then Tamara's going to make up with Shannon and it's going to be the Dos Amigos back in action full force. I have to ask as someone who is a rabid listener of Heather Dubrow's world, has she reacted to this news about mm. Tamara at all on her show? Um, no. And I've, I fell off as a rabid listener. Of Heather <laughs> well, now world. you have Jeff Lewis live and two T's in a pod. So you're busy. <laughs> exactly. I've, I've switched my poison. Um, other than that, I mean, I would love to see Taylor Armstrong join the cast. We know she's just hanging out in OC anyways. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking that too. I, I would like to see her in that kind of, you know, Tamara's friend. Maybe they could even do a flashback to the girls should mention it, but like, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I feel like if that was going to happen, it would have happened by now. You know, yeah. like, I, I, like, I feel like they might have courted her because she's obviously lived in OC for a while, which she mentioned, I think, on Watch Happens Lives. So I feel like they would have reached out. Yeah, it's, I'm curious, like, people were a little bit hard on last season. I, like, I overall enjoyed it. it. I was never bored. I thought it moved at a good pace. Like, Heather did help mm-hmm. reignite things. So I'm kind of like, Tamara, Heather, Shannon, like that's old school storylines. I mean, the rumor seems to be that we might lose Gina, which I'm a, I'm personally surprised by. I am surprised too, and she's like kind of the one that needs it the most, right? Like, yeah, give that's her, true. Give her a pity orange. <laughs> Maybe Gina as friend of, and you keep Emily main cast because I would like mm-hmm. to see Emily and Tamara buttheads. I mean, Emily was so came in so hot during last season's reunion that I'm like, when Emily gets fired up, she really likes to like go for it. And if you read um, the OC part of Not All Diamonds and Rosé, when they mm-hmm. talk about Tam, I revisited it yesterday, when they talk about Tamara leaving, Emily's like ecstatic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. She really was. Yeah. Yes, she was. I mean, yeah, it's it's so interesting. I feel like for all the talk of Dorinda being on pause, et cetera, actually really Tamara's one of a handful of, I feel like Tamara and Portia are one of our handful of housewives where like, it felt inevitable that they will, they would or would will or would come back. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like it felt at one point I thought because of the podcast and stuff, Andy was saying that it was, it was not going to happen this season. So I'm glad we have confirmed it. And I love, they made it a real stunt on the show and it was, it was a real gag worthy moment. So good for them. 
Yeah, I'm I'm so excited. I can't wait till we start seeing cameras up and little inklings from filming. Cameras are up starting next week. So, oh, wow. Yeah, Shannon announced that on um Jeff Lewis Live. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the, so what's the tea with Jeff Lewis and Tamara? They're friends, right? Cuz she's been on recently. <clears throat> yeah, Tamara and Jeff Lewis are friends. Shannon and Jeff Lewis are friends. Kelly Dodd and Jeff Lewis are oh, friends. Of course, of course. Jeff Lewis hates Heather Dubrow. <laughs> oh my god! I just love the idea that like they're he's friends with so many of them, and Heather's like, "Oh, I hate you. You hate me." <laughs> yeah. Um. So we'll see how that shakes out. I mean, I'm sure there'll be like a moratorium of the OC girls going on Jeff Lewis live for, while they're filming, but yeah, yeah. I wish otherwise. <laughs> Maybe Jeff Lewis can do what no gay man has done and become an, a real housewife and just you know cut out the middleman i mean i Him think it'd be t- together i'm just saying it could be there are a couple that could work that's true though that's rocky right now we don't have to get into that that's okay like- oh sorry okay. <laughs> you're you're the one you're the jeff lewis life oracle i merely i merely just take what you tell me secondhand <laughs> yeah do you want to jump over to atlanta Let's, well, as you would say, hop on a flight. <laughs> Let's hop on a flight from OC, yes. six-hour flight to Atlanta, probably. Um, let's let's get down with our ladies. How are, how are you liking this season so far? How are you liking Marlo with the Peach? I'm really liking this season. Like, Marlo with the Peach is obviously a long time coming, and I think for the most part has really paid off. I think that the difference between, in general, friend of and full-time is that layer of family life and going a bit deeper with the personal story. And I think it has helped flesh out Marlowe in ways that we sort of had an idea of, but we're never really sure of until now. So I've enjoyed that. I think this season has just a better pace and sense of story, like sense of rhythm. I think they really mm-hmm. did have to struggle with COVID in the previous season. I will say like there was a clip going around last week. Someone had reshared the scene of Yovana at the dinner table saying I was Yovana, that bitch from Clark. And it was like, all like nini was there porsche was there candy mm-hmm. you know like i was watching that scene again when it popped up and i was thinking i really like this season of atlanta but i feel like they need one more like old school kind of mvp type character in atlanta and then i think they really have something banging i feel like they're slowly on the upswing kenya's in good spirits marlo's great mm-hmm. quite like sonya i consider drew to be a huge dork but she does kind of get in the mix which is good I'm still a candy diehard and apologist. So I'm mm-hmm. always happy to have her around. I think Sheree, I really like the way Sheree can come come and go. And when she comes back, we've missed her. And there's some new stuff going on with her. Like, it's a good mix of people. The friends I'm not wild about about this season, but otherwise I'm yeah. enjoying it. The thing about Sheree is using the word pause, it never feels like Sheree's ever on pause. It just feels like she's still on play, but like just off screen. Yeah, like, that's yes. It's like she's living her life, and if they come to agreement, we'll resume, and it will feel organic. It doesn't feel like she was desperate to come back, and it doesn't feel like they booted her off because she was in a bad place. It just, it, it actually, it's a rare one where you're like, no, that was a pause, and we will get back to you, which I love. So yeah, it's her, her, and God love her. I mean, I think we've we've all kind of felt like heartbroken for her this season, like the way mm-hmm. she's been treated romantically. So I'm excited for this sort of ramping up to the season finale of the fashion show i mean that's they're really like after that mid-season trailer they're really leaning into like the history around she by sheree and sheree's kind of 10-year arc or plus to fashion royalty i mean it's historical text and it needs to be out front and center so that people (laughs) know where we've been and where we're going truly and i mean like she keeps on making history even to this day i just feel like 
the image of her sitting outside that yes. cafe in Philadelphia waiting for Tyrone, like that automatically, they put that in the history of books, like the moment it aired. Our, to be honest, that iconic scene of her, well, there was two iconic scenes in that episode where she was like, you know, depressed and eating junk food and not leaving the house. One, her like beautiful monologue about the potato chip, which I just have never felt more seen by a housewife. And then also the same episode when Marlo comes over and has like, Given her the cake with the like almost illegible writing on it, I and know. trying like that to me is one of the funniest things the show has done in years. It was just the way, and she's reading me like, "What does it like?" You know, we've had some real. Sheree has provided some gold. She can be a little bit below the belt sometimes, but I think that's the problem with any housewife. You love them, and then they'll do one thing. You're like, "Don't go there. Don't do that thing. Don't do that." I know. Um, should we like? We have a few moments before we get to the actual um, Blue Ridge trip. I just think, Marlo, what are you doing? This kid storyline is wild because in a weird way, I think she's being so honest about the difficulties of stepping in to be a caretaker when they're not your kids. But also it is a little bit hard to hear someone go, well, I just, I'm over it. So I've sent them away. Cause most parents are like, we can't just send the kids away. You know what I mean? Like she uh-huh. framed it in a very like, I'm over this. They can go somewhere else. But also I do think, you know, I kind of get the impression that she's sharing a lot of this, but given like when we saw the stuff about her sister a few episodes ago and they showed us a sliver of it, obviously they were mindful of maybe not us not hearing her sister's voice on the phone. Cause she's maybe, yeah can't consent to being filmed or whatever i have a feeling there may be little pieces of that that they're not able to tell us because it's like there's other people involved but Mm -hmm. it's i don't know i think because it's like you know we saw our sister this week and marlo talked about her experience with her parents and and growing up coming up through the foster system etc like i think it's not as clear cut as you're raising a kid and you have to be all in like i think for marlo there's this other emotional layer where she doesn't quite get like oh i have to tough this out so I don't know. I kind of, I understand some of her point of view. I'm obviously, I'm not raising kids. So like who the fuck am I to comment on any of this? Right. <laughs> it feels it does, like the other wild. <laughs> yeah. It feels like the other sister, um, the one who took the kids in is more the one who is figuring stuff out now because she's younger and didn't have to do it. Like when Marlo had to do it. So yeah. it's almost like Marlo was talking about how she had to, take that sister in and like kind of be a mother to her and like put food on the table give her clothes like that type of thing and so i think marlo thought she had the like mental capacity to do that again with the nephews and i think she does to an extent but like maybe she got burned out which is not what you do not necessarily what you can do as a parent i guess but also like i would have just said like hey it takes a village my other sister's helping me out for right now while I have a lot going on. I'm getting burnt out doing this. And it's like, it's a, they're all family. So if she just would have like approached it differently, instead of being like, I'm kicking them out. I think a lot of people, a lot of people would think differently about the situation. And maybe she thought it was like reality to use our flair to be dramatic and go, I had to kick them out. Oh my God. Oh my. Whereas we as viewers and even the women on the cast are like, sorry, what did you just say? (laughs) I do think there's a piece too, like, you know we see kind of like marlo's entourage in her home and the people that help her out in her home but like you know with say candy and kenya and i guess jerea though her kids are older like you get the sense that they have like 
nannies and people to help them out with their kids, which is totally fine. And they can obviously afford to do that because they're successful and they've made good money and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I kind of got the vibe that Marlo doesn't have that assistance when she's with the boys. And maybe that's part of the problem that Marlo wants to be all in, freaks out and can't do it. So she's like, oh, go stay with your, your other aunt. Whereas yeah. Candy and Kenny be like, well, okay, we have someone who comes and like, maybe tutors the kids in the afternoon and I go to my work calls. Like mm-hmm. maybe that's the piece there. I don't know. I mean, look, it's like anything on Housewives. We're like brainstorming what could be going on and we're only seeing a sliver of it, but yeah, like, definitely has not been pitched to us in a way that feels comforting. <laughs> I know. And it's like, I think with this conversation, it's like, we've seen Marlo the past couple seasons take on this responsibility and we like are rooting for her. So yeah. In rooting for her, we're like maybe kind of making excuses for her that other people and other people don't see it the same way. Like you said, we're not parents. We don't know. I did love when she was like, you know, telling this very moving story about how I got my mouth with my mother and I really try not to use that on the boys. But I will. Well, I will use for Kenya. <laughs> it's like that's the Marlo I know and love. She's like, I would not speak like that to the boys. I will, of course, to my cast members. <laughs> yeah. Um. Do you want to get in the car and go to Blue Ridge? I do, but I can't eat in the car, so I'm just going to have my food first, and then we'll get in the car. (laughs) The way that that food showed up, it was like just a random delivery person with a blurred out face, like coming up the driveway, which, mind you, I would have been – I'm surprised Candy wasn't like a little bit freaked because of what happened in like the episode the other week. I know, yeah. That was very – like that felt a little bit like they were breaking the fourth wall because even when the lady in the car told them they couldn't eat, I was like, is she from production? Did she hire the car? Like what's the tea here? Like that felt a bit inside baseball, and I was glad they left it in because it was kind of funny. Also, um, those cars were nice cars. Yeah. But like I don't know, not the most comfortable to travel in. Like when I was looking at Sheree and Marlo sitting in the back with their like salads in actual – like ceramic bowls (laughs) and then like they had to stop so they could like make drinks and she's holding a goblet i'm like we need to be in like a like a like a sprinter bus situation or like a limo or a party bus or something let's make it a little more comfortable but i get what she was trying to do she was trying to show like the brands and like what marlo does and how marlo does it yeah i also think now that we're talking about it and we've seen it on the show most food is not fun to eat while you're traveling like it just isn't like really unless you're doing like they did on salt lake city when they remember when they were on that sprinter van before jen's arrest and they Mm -hmm. had like enough food to feed like three cast like three housewives cast never mind just one like unless you're just snacking and dipping and dabbing with food and maybe having like drink like fizzy drinks or like booze like really you can't actually even if it was a car that you could totally just get messy, you're not really chowing down on wings. Even if you get drive through, you generally pull over and you like waffle down your McDonald's order really quickly. You're not really like having a slap up meal on traveling. I would argue unless you're on a plane. I hate eating in a car. Yeah, it's just no. And I find like, I sometimes get like not motion sickness, but I get that weird like queasy feeling if I'm like on my phone to watch in a car. If I was to mm-hmm. like chow down at Chick Fil A, as the AAA girls might say, or DWV might say, I don't think I would feel very good afterwards. It's so weird. Somebody posted that clip like today, so I saw that for the first time in years today. That's oh, such chow- a weird coincidence. Yeah, yeah, and it's weird because I know the Wilson Phillips song they're covering, but because. Chowdown was such a viral thing. Sometimes when I hear the Wilson Phillips song, I sing Chowdown and Chick-fil-A, which, by the way, we don't even have Chick-fil-A in Ireland. So the fact that I would reference that is so weird. Um, Carney Wilson was on uh, the Jeff Lewis Live last week. 
<laughs> All roads lead back to Wilson Phillips and or Jeff Lewis live. Now I know how Dan feels mm. every week. I know. Sorry. I, it's, it's too much. It's too much. Um, so we're, we're in Blue Ridge now. We're at this house. It's, I think they did like a little trick on the audience too. Cause we, I was assuming that we were camping in cabins cause we've seen the Atlanta women camp before. Yes. Season nine. I honestly, it's so funny you say that season nine, when they went in that cabin trip where the iconic who said that line was originated. Mm-hmm. There's also a moment on that trip where if you remember Marlo and Kenya get into it and then Marlo leaves in the dead of the night and she like stalks down the middle of this campsite with like her luggage behind her and she's in like an, a bodysuit that's like camo. I think it was like some designer bodysuit. Connor, if you don't think I don't think about that clip, like I think about week. it all the time. And it, so this week I was like, oh my God, I need a shot of Marlo storming off in a bodysuit. That's what this show is all about. No, but we're in this nice ass mansion. Yeah, it reminded me a bit of the Vale house that they were in on Salt Lake City. You know, yeah, like it gave true. me that vibe. Um, and to to pick rooms, we're playing a game with candles where <laughs> the candles have certain qualities and we're guessing who that describes. Oh God, this ended up being so funny. Oh my God. <laughs> Drew thinking every candle was about her is like classic <laughs> Drew. Like a fitness enthusiast who's like really into her hand. So obviously me. And they were all like, don't get us started in this, Drew. Like, because they're already on her ass about that. So they were all like, no, 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 no. Because Drew will go into that and you won't come out of this alive. Oh, see, I just drew, that's the side of Drew. Like that, that made me laugh. But also I'm like, Drew, you are such a dork. Like you cannot hang with these women. I'm sorry. It does not work for me. I know, but like it's making the season more watchable just to like see how they interact with her. Yeah, true. And like, I love the way, you know, the show has done that thing of, oh, Sonia is Drew's friend, but secretly Sonia's like, I will dog this bitch out because I'm actually not friends with her and I want to fight with her. Well, because Sonia thinks Drew is corny and Sonia's like, I'm an Olympic medalist. Um, So we get settled and then we're going to some rooftop restaurant in a hotel, but like the shots of us getting to the restaurant through the hotel, the hotel doesn't look that grand but i guess it's like it is what it is yeah i mean later on when kenya rise and there's a shot of her and candy in like this hallway beside a bathroom i was like oh my god sometimes on housewives the places they have to shoot on the fly are so i know so every day i'm like i don't like this (laughs) i know i did love the uh the women trying to guess if the women at the bar were locals (laughs) i was just gonna say that bit where like they're talking about them and then they cut to the shot of the three drunk white ladies and there's one woman on the left hand side of the frame and her hair is slightly frazzled and she's like smiling i was like i've been that woman when someone's like how are you and i'm like i'm amazing and you're like no you're wasted (laughs) like you should not be on you should not be photographed you should not be on camera oh that's gonna that was canon to me, that shot. <laughs> That's going to be you in the background of The Real Housewives of New Jersey when it airs <laughs> later this year. If anything, there's going to be like a hulking shape in the background. I think I was wearing a Lady Gaga t-shirt. They'll be like, is that a young gay, not youngish gay guy far back from Teresa? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're sitting there and then that's when Kenya, Candy leaves the table to go meet up with Kenya, who she, I guess she guessed through, because they share a makeup artist that Kenya was actually planning on coming. Yes, and the iconic on-screen text exchange of, are they talking about me? No. <laughs> no, they're not talking so about So funny. <laughs> and then Kenya comes in and tells us about how Brooklyn might come tomorrow, I guess. So yeah. she might not stay in the house. And then Marlo has this whole thing, which is like, it's like Marlo's like this in this way, right? Where mm. 
she just can't like let things go with the flow. She has to say, if you're not staying in the house, you don't get to participate in anything with us. And then, of course, we get a flashback of a similar issue last season where Kenya had brought like the nanny to that hedonistic girl strip or what wasn't the girl strip, but like that, you know, what ended up being stripper gate. And like, I just love even in flashback, Candy be like, I'm, I'm sad. <laughs> My mm-hmm. voice is shaking. I was like, oh, Candy's upset. <laughs> um, so they're getting into it. And then like Sonia's arriving as we're fighting, as the girls are fighting. Yeah. And her business trip, like I... That little fitness program thing she was doing, I was like, that actually does seem like quite a big gig. So like, we're already like, and I'll still get to my film of her housewives. I was like, okay, she's taking this shit seriously. She's a professional. Mm-hmm. I like the way that she's fitting in with the girls. It feels really natural in a way that Drew doesn't fit in. No, I agree. And I, even like, it was funny because I actually have enjoyed her all season, but the early part of the season was a lot about her family who are actually really fun to watch on screen. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like seeing like, you know, uh, a family with Jamaican heritage in the context of Housewives. I feel like you don't always see that. So I was like, oh, this is really fun. But like, I remember thinking, I'm getting a lot of you with your mom and dad and your husband. And like, yeah, like like any Housewives show, I'm like, put you in the group setting. I want to see you in the group. And I think the more she's in the group, you're actually like, hey, there's something here. Like, I do think, I don't think she's kind of a quotable, iconic Housewife yet. But energy wise, mm-hmm. I feel like she has that kind of like, I can hang thing that, as I said, I don't think Drew has even in her second season. I know. And it's just funny how Atlanta, it feels like Atlanta always has housewives who just moved to Atlanta, which is yes. the case with Sonia and was the case when Drew joined. Yeah. And I mean, in a way, I'm sure it's, you know, a conceit of maybe they get offered the show or they're thinking of doing the show. But like also a lot of film and television is made in Atlanta. So it's not a stretch to think that if you're an actor or like even Sonia is an athlete, like she could be mm-hmm. doing broadcasting and interviews and tv commentating and stuff like it's not a stretch to think that you could move there as a hub of entertainment so they can kind of get away with that i think yeah also what do you think on the first night of a trip hosted by marlo sonia comes in and invites everyone to jamaica that was funny to me because i'm like okay we're setting up the main cast trip of the season now like is this a shorter season we're on the kind of one of these little mini trips usually the reveal of the cast trip would happen at a separate thing, like just purely from a timing point of view. So I thought that was very interesting. Maybe there's going to be some back and forth about who ends up going on. You know, there's always the fake. Mm-hmm. Of, well, I'm not going to Jamaica. And you're like, you're all going to Jamaica unless you want to get fired. So I don't believe that. For a so we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Um, and then next week, Blue Ridge continues. Yeah, I'm here for it. I mean, I feel like Kenya and Marla are just in this kind of like locking heads position constantly. So I'm kind of like... I do love, I mean, we saw briefly at the start of the episode, Candy and Kenya with their kids on the play date. I like their dynamic. And I know there's a bit of like, get rid of Candy. But I just feel like her ability to kind of join the dots between all the women and be like a team player is, it's the kind of glue that particularly Mm -hmm. when they've lost big names in the last few years, I'm like, I really don't think they should fuck with that. It's one thing I think is so crucial to the show, even with the Phaedra effect, you know, happening on Girls Trip. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. I'm excited to see them do things in the mountains, um, get, <laughs> get these gals out of their element. Should we go over to Beverly Hills? Yes, I don't know what the flight time is like. I don't know what the travel arrangements <laughs> are, but I, if, it's a, if it's a private jet with Diane Jenkins, I'll sit wherever I need to. I'll do it. Well, we have to drive back down to Atlanta, probably, get on a flight to LAX, and then take a car to Beverly Hills to attend a luncheon at um, 
Kyle's house with Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh my god, the week that we get the trailer for Halloween ends, Jamie Lee's on house. I was like, oh, they're bringing back the Venn diagram of Halloween fans and Beverly Hills fans, of which I sit firmly in the middle so i was like the timing could not have been better the thing i like about jamie lee is that she will post on instagram she posts on instagram a lot and she's done at least three posts about beverly hills and i'm like the fact she i was curious if she would that's interesting she's posting memes about dorit on on (laughs) grid that's interesting okay i was always because i when i was watching it i was wondering like the interaction like jamie lee was in full jamie lee emoji like you know calling me like oh can you see my grace and she's like i care about your heart i was like here we go jamie lee's <laughs> jamie lee's on her white liberal mom facebook vibe here on facebook vibe we, we've kicked it off we're in this place this is where we start this is jamie lee i remember going to a q a she did here for halloween in 2018 with mm-hmm. Sinead Burke, who people may know, she's an activist and writer, a disability advocate who is quite famous online. And Sinead had done the Q&A and like, Jamie Lee was great, obviously, but like she, her vibe is so like that exact vibe she had at the lunch. And I was like, yeah, yeah, this all tracks for me. I There's something I just like, really like about her and it's it's that those vibes after everything everywhere all at once which she's obviously in oh, she's, she's then, amazing man. yeah she became like the biggest fan in the biggest champion of of the movie like online yeah. she posts memes constantly about yeah. that movie yeah and it's funny you know listen there's things that there's i mean because i'm so into the halloween franchise I've consumed a lot of her interviews and I don't necessarily agree with everything she says or her viewpoint in certain things. Mm-hmm. But I do think that like watching her have this kind of late in life, late in career renaissance where she was in Halloween 2018, then Knives Out, which was enormously successful. Mm-hmm. I know Halloween Kills was a bit of a flop, but like it made very good money and Halloween Ends will do very well too. Everything Everywhere has been this like cult hit and has made very good money. Like she's in this really cool spot where she's like, hot again like she's having huge hit films mm-hmm. and like she's also kind of you know not having to like change who she is and she's allowed to age gracefully in hollywood so to have her do i mean i know they flash back to her 2013 appearance in the show mm-hmm. i was really surprised to see her again but i think it speaks to as well she does i think the kyle jamie lee vibe is very mother daughter i feel like even mm-hmm. though they're probably not that far apart in age there's a slight like almost big maybe big sister energy so it's fun to see that she's obviously is kind of sweet on Kyle. And obviously they probably, I mean, that was filmed in December and Halloween Kills came out last October. And I think they filmed ends in like the spring. So like they were obviously talking about working together again and they knew they would be. So like mm-hmm. he was like, oh, I'll go film a scene with you and your rich friends. Let's do it. As long as you're getting money for Children's Hospital LA. Hello. Which actually, because I saw the clip of this before I watched the episode and I was curious as to why she was allowed to plug the product so aggressively and I'm like oh it's because they are truly just fundraising products like this isn't just her business venture like way Diana's is plugging her beverages or whatever like this is a they must have given her some leeway because it was a charity thing like you know what I mean I was like they, they she's plugging these this is HSN vibes and because Dorit's reaction is probably the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my oh life. Oh my god. I mean, even before they sit down, it was so... I mean, I feel like we're on... For people listening, I feel like we're doing a lot of Jamie Lee, but you have to understand I was riveted by the Jamie Lee. And I felt like it ran... They ran a lot of Jamie Lee. Like, did mm-hmm. you get the vibe? They used every inch of her. Um, like, that they filmed. They really did... They put a lot in. The watching everyone arrive and hug her or not hug her and then realize they could hug her, I was like, oh, this is fascinating. It's a shame some of them were COVID positive and couldn't be there, but right. it was fascinating. I mean, I I would have loved Erica and Jamie Lee together. 
Oh, God. I mean... Hey, I loved Halloween. If you need a bad bitch to kill Michael Myers, I could step in, girlfriend. You're like, I should say some oh. shit. <laughs> I, I fade some demons, too. Some men in masks. Stop I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, if, if y'all are just meeting Connor for the first time, he is... Erica Jane's number one fan. I am no longer on this very podcast. I clarify my newfound anti Erica stance, okay? Because okay. people still DM me and I'm like, like go listen to Comfy Korean. I talk through all this. Oh, so, sure, like, sure. Um, I won't anyways, be lied about on this podcast. Okay, no lie. more no more Erica Jane impressions. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I would do that today. Sorry. But yeah, watching Jamie Lee just interact before they sit down, that blew my mind. Yeah, I mean, like, if you get an A-list star to film on your reality show, you use every little bit that you can that they recorded with you. And once Dorit arrives, even before Dorit sits down, you're like, oh, Dorit is, like, Dorit is just such a dramatic person. Like, she has that kind of flair with everything. So to watch her be like, oh, Jamie Lee, oh, my God. Like, I was like, we're in for a treat here. Like, she's, yeah. she's going to get, she's getting to work. And then, like, after Jamie Lee leaves, we kind of get two factions sitting together. We get yes. Cherie, Dorit, and Sutton talking about Diana in the lunch that Sutton had with Diana. And then on the other side of the house, we get Crystal, Diana, and Kyle, and they get into a discussion about um, Crystal's eating disorder because she had recently, around the time, posted this um, yeah. this long post about it. And so they're talking about that. And Kyle starts talking about um, her own eating disorder that she had i had forgotten that she had talked about this on one yeah. of the cast trips a few years ago i think it was a the camping trip right i i think it was in paris maybe oh or maybe that season i but i when they show the footage i remember the scene at the time but i couldn't tell you what, what exact trip it was but i'm sure people can google that yeah and it's just like it's an interesting thing i i think they both talked about it i think the conversation was great, but it's an interesting thing with the context of the conversations that uh, Sutton and Diana have been having this season where Sutton had tried to empathize with Diana using her own personal experience. And that's exactly what we see Kyle doing. And I think people have been pointing that out, like the inconsistency there, but also it's a very different situation. So maybe, maybe it's not apples to apples. And also, I I do think because it was interesting, Kyle <clears throat> seemed really struck by the oh, Crystal said this online, and actually that could be really helpful for people. And the contrast of you know, sure. are saying like when I was working as a child star, like you didn't say it to your best friend, never mind to the internet or to the press. So I think Kyle felt like, well, you've been public online, and we're filming the show, and you've brought it up on camera, so we can have because it's hard to kind of. You know, talking about eating disorders, it's tricky to do it on camera because you have to mm-hmm. mind not saying the wrong thing in terms of it's being broadcast. But also when someone's sharing, you kind of have to ask the obvious question in a way, but also you don't want to come off insensitive. And I know like with stuff like eating disorders and things, I know there's a bit of an etiquette around you don't actually want to explain too much of what what people do because then it can actually be almost construed as a how-to guide. You have to be very mindful mm-hmm. of the way you talk about it. So to Kyle's credit, she handled that well. And it was funny because the contrast of the two conversations, they really were talking about that. And next door was like, so I went to dinner. It was really like the typical housewives rehash, whereas they had a full, very emotional conversation that I wasn't, we'd seen it in the preview, obviously for this week, but I was still struck by it because Crystal's very open. And I, when she said that thing about like, 
I just feel like shit in my body and like I mean mm-hmm. obviously she's coming to the point of view of someone doing an eating disorder but mm-hmm. I think that feeling of like not being in your body is something that a lot of people struggle with when it comes to body image and I was like god that's such a stark thing and the way Diana and Kyle like visit like kind of had a visceral reaction I was like oh my god like they really because Diana's been a little bit of a tough presence on this show even when we've mm-hmm. had her in lighter moments and you could see even she was like oh my god like that's not like that's that's so hard to live with and Chris was saying oh my god like I'm so tired of feeling this way. I think anyone who's struggled with like any kind of mental illness or an eating disorder, like that, they always say that that kind of thing of just living with it is a drain. So I yeah. was really, Chris has had an interesting season. I think she's not always been able to maybe land the plane when she's talking about her personal experiences, which is fine. I wouldn't if I was on reality TV, but this mm-hmm. was, I was really struck by her honesty and like the ability to kind of articulate a specific thing that is still much like Jackie on Jersey, she's still dealing with this. Isn't like I like Kyle has kind of I recover from that and I'm I can talk about it. These are people in the midst of dealing with a very difficult thing, and it's not easy to articulate stuff when you're in the middle of it. Yeah, for sure. And to Bravo's credit, they put up resources at the end of the episode. Oh, great, great. Okay, that's cool. which like Bravo doesn't do a lot. Like Log- logo mtv vh1 does this kind of thing a lot so it yeah. was like actually like okay bravo is really taking this seriously. so that's good yeah um, and it's funny because you wouldn't always i would sometimes see that if i watch drag race and white presents depending on what the episode is but generally those kind of things don't get on the hey so i was actually wondering if there was any kind of contact information because it is good to just say to people hey by the way like you know you can totally look this up yourself if you need to because it's yeah it's tough and it, i will say i mean it's a slightly different scene next door and we don't need to get into in the same detail but i will say i thought sheree in these scenes in this episode i love her with garcelle and they clearly are friends but for a friend of sheree fits in brilliantly and i think she has she can really play with the women and she's her Mm -hmm. own person i was really struck by that i was like oh you like i want more of you whereas sometimes the friends of i'm like oh whatever yeah, she can really hold her own, and she can yeah. also, like, be real with them. Like, when her, she's yeah. asking Sutton about, like... How's that going? I thought that was so funny and so natural, and yeah, like, she's really got... She's really great on camera. I wonder if the main reason she's not been full-time is she did come in quite late, and you can't really full-time someone mm-hmm. who starts on episode eight. Like, you just kind of can't, so... I'm hoping we get more of her, and I'm hoping the rest of the season goes as well for her. Unless yeah. she turns out to be a flop. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, my fan theory about why she started so late is, like, maybe Diana started filming as a full-time housewife, and they were like, we need someone to, like, bring different energy that Diana's not able to bring. Like, more fun, more whatever. I don't know. I don't or know maybe, how that yeah. works. It could be something as simple as they budgeted for a cast. There was all the... I mean, I think the Kathy thing went really i know the rumors that she wanted a minute and prep so we're probably off base but i do think there was probably a money negotiation happening with kathy and i'm sure they went well that's a friend of role we need to fill and garcelle could do with a pal as well who does garcelle know we did assume yeah. she was like maybe it was like a late in season kind of would you like to are you interested like i would imagine the kind of behind the scenes shuffling that was happening meant that all kinds of people excuse me all kinds of people were being considered for sure um, where do we go after this little interaction? We go with Diana. To, she's preparing for her Christmas party. Well, also, we should say Sutton and Diana have their kind of, like, the whole group sit together and Sutton and Diana have that kind of apology. Sutton, and Sutton right there did such a great job. And Diana, I think, clarified just what her kind of miscarriage recovery has been like. I think she had mm-hmm. kind of tried to downplay how 
much pain she was in, like her saying that she ended up kind of experiencing some internal bleeding on the, I don't know if it was internal bleeding, but some kind of bleeding on the flight back on the private mm-hmm. jet. And she's like, that's kind of why I was a dick to you, Sutton. You know, like it was interesting getting that context. I think even Colin and Jerry thought, oh, we thought you were a little bit more removed from the physical effects mm-hmm. or the kind of difficult stuff. So that, and then for Sutton to just kind of go, 95% of the fuck ups here are my fault. Like, yeah. I'll just on the chin. I was like, okay. We'll see where they land later on this season, but that was an interesting kind of peacemaking moment. Being able to put a pin on it, pin in it and move on, make sure that we can be respectful to each other when we're in the same space. I think that's good for right now, especially since there's a lot going on. We need bodies in the room because people are getting COVID back and forth. Yes. Yeah. And also at the look earlier on that same day, the stuff down and saying to Dree, like, you know, I'm a little repulsed by her. I was like, okay, we cannot stay in that place either. Yeah. Like, you cannot be like exfoliating after you meet something. Like we got to keep this energy up. Yeah. So Diane is planning her party with her husband. Are they married? Boyfriend? Husband? Yeah. They're married. And also, you know, people are like joking, like Diana's gay husband. And much, I think we'll get into this when we talk about Dubai as well. I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't think these guys are gay. They're just young himbos. Like, I think we're just confusing like young, hot himbos for gay guys. And actually those, sometimes those lines, those lines cross. And sometimes they're just straight guys who are airheads. I truly think that's what this is, personally. For sure. So then we also get um, Rinna and Erica are coming out of COVID. Yes. Erica's and, back in the kitchen with Mikey. And also, it was wild, because initially when we got Rinna FaceTiming Erica, I thought that was going to be a 30-second, oh, how's your COVID? And then Erica going off on one about that article in Los Angeles Magazine. Oh, which yeah. Actually, I don't think I read that one. But she it's really too long like, for you? No, it's more I don't remember. Like, maybe that's not an outlet I'm aware of. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't remember. Like, it's not too long for me. I read the LA Times piece, but the Los Angeles Magazine one, I was like, I didn't even hear about that. But she really went off on, like, they don't want me to be ambitious. I'm like, I really don't think that's the issue here, my love. Don't yeah. think that's the problem. So, man. The the piece was too long and too emotional for you to read about your favorite person. <laughs> well, I'm trying not to do the Eric voice. I'm like, I just <laughs> I'll leave it there. When she was like, they don't want me to be ambitious. I was like, that's truly not. Like, that is not what we're saying at all, my love. Um, And then we're going to this party. And, oh, no, we need to talk about the baked potato. Sorry. Yes, well, right, so we, th- to be fair, we got a lot of Diana, like, getting the party ready, and then mm-hmm. we got the party, but, like, before that, finally, the grand return of, of one Miss Kathy Hilton, like, literally halfway through the season. And we're having a little lunch with her and Kyle, and we're eating baked potatoes. <laughs> Very me. <laughs> with, Irish vibes. It is Irish vibes, <laughs> with caviar. And the house is like fully tricked out because I actually remember that architectural digest shoot she's talking about. I remember like they did the video thing for it. So I was like, oh, Kathy is like in. We thought Kyle was in Christmas mode. Kathy said, oh, no, no, I'll see your Christmas and raise you seven Christmases. Like she went all in. Exactly. I just. I just don't know about this baked potato meal. (laughs) No, with caviar. And also I have two things I want to say here, because obviously as they're sitting down to like have the food like you know they're talking about how they haven't been in contact and the issue with kathy's phone i live for seeing a housewife's text message on screen Mm -hmm. so i paused and i looked kyle has 283 unread iMessages i just want to say that that's horrible that's whatever about emails that's why i could never be famous you mean to tell me i'm gonna have to deal with that many messages on my phone every day no no that or someone does my phone for me i'm not 
I can't look at that number on my phone. I would feel physically sick. Yeah, it's just not great. Like, I'm getting text messages right now as we're recording, and I'm getting stressed out. <laughs> You're like, it'll have, like, 20 unwear <laughs> messages. You're like, I can't do this. So that and also, as they were chowing down on the strange potato meal that was apparently the entree, like, I felt like we were getting kooky Kathy in her mansion and blah, blah, blah. But I, I don't know if I just read this into it. It felt a little bit tense to me. It felt like there was a lot of what's not being said here. I felt like Kyle was kind of sizing up Kathy and how she should approach her. I felt like Kathy was slightly like, even things like, no, dear, it's the blow. I was like, oh, this feels like this is the, the other side of their friend, their relationship and their sisterhood that like does feel a bit loaded to me. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the party because we're going, we're going pretty long on Beverly Hills. So let's yes. get. Let's go to the party. So these custom cocktails, I'm not necessarily sure about. Oh my God. I feel like we're getting a lot of plugs for Diana's drink, but they're doing it in it. They haven't properly talked about the drink too much, but she always holds it. And then they have the bottles on the tray. I'm like, guys, no one's drinking Nero juice or whatever it's called. Oh, that's her drink? Yeah, it's her brand. Like that's why her Instagram handle is SDG Nero. It's like, she's trying to plug her like, vitamin water fizzy drink brown whatever it is okay well who do we have at this party kyle comes in wearing a mask but she's like i'm gonna take it off when i start to drink which that's not really how this works no chris crystal's there as the grinch but i actually thought she was really cute as the grinch Mm -hmm. erica arrived i have to say like i kind of like the coat i was like oh it really kills me when erica pulls a look i like now it's like oh this is all tainted I know. It's just with her. It's just so one note. It's like, oh, let's get drunk and then, like, say something offensive. And, and even, just... yeah, even you mentioned her being with Mikey and earlier on. And, like, when she's like, oh, I might drink and blah, blah. It's like, I really just don't think you can joke about this. Like, you're you're too far down the rabbit hole now. You just look like a dickhead. Yeah. Um. I guess the big headline from this party is everyone fucking up in talking about Crystal. <laughs> And... Oh my god. I mean, because even Garcelle was very quick to be like, Erica shouldn't say that. I'm like, but also you should not open with you look so thin. I'm sorry, like we're not it's not 2002. Like and not even that, like say oh. like you look so thin, say thank you. Uh it's just real like I understand that people think that's the ultimate compliment to be thin, but I'm just like, A, it's not like in general, I don't think we should operate like that. And B, you know this person has this problem, so you. Mm-hmm. Would, I would never go up to someone at eating store and go like, "You look so thin." I'm right. so, like, I would never say to someone in general, but I would say if I knew a friend was working out, maybe to lose weight, I maybe I might be like, "Hey, I can see that because that's the thing I understand about that person, particular person." But never open with, "You look so thin." Like, and Garcelle is usually pretty, you know, savvy and on the ball. And I was like, Garcelle, if that was anyone else, you would dr- deservedly drag them for it. I know. I hope she issues like an apology and then just like Erica fucking up all over the place. Oh my god. I don't even think that was a booze because they really tried to be like, oh my god, she's drinking. I was like, no, I think A, she doesn't get it and B, I think that's that fucked up thing where like there's people who may not have an eating disorder but they have participated in maybe disordered eating or that thing of like oh well i've done that to lose weight and you're like this is fucked the way you're talking about your body and this person's body is fucked like Mm -hmm. this is dark i honestly Mm -hmm. like i thought it was inexcusable and bad but i actually don't even think it was the booze i don't think she was even that lit at that point yeah um just bad looks all around but we did get the mid-season trailer this week oh yes It, it is like aspen is gonna be fucking lit i think I was in the grocery store and I saw, stopped everything I was doing and stood in, <laughs> stood in the produce section and watched the trailer right there. 
And like, I mean, we get, we're getting, and interestingly, I noticed in the mid-season trailer, there's bits and pieces from this same party that obviously we'll see next week. So they must have got quite a bit of Kathy there. Like, it's focus on Kathy. And also, like, I'm curious if what Kathy did was captured on camera because there's lots of, so tell us what happened. And a mm-hmm. shot of Kathy going, I'm so pissed off. And then, I mean, I loved the kind of, speaking of Halloween, but like the horror film vibe of someone in this group wants to take down my sister. And then I like, know. Shot- cut of each person that it could be talking shit i was like oh it's like a whodunit <laughs> it's good it was a wild mid-season trailer it's gonna be a wild rest of the season this show is like firing on all cylinders but in the darkest timeline of that it's like there's a lot going on but everything yeah. is dark and tainted yeah, I mean, I feel like Dorit is slightly moving on from the heaviness of what happened to her, but, like, we started there, and now we're getting into, like, the eating disorder conversation, and Eric is still tight. I mean, we're going to... The stuff in the mid-season trailer about the victims and the earrings, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, that. I think... We think Eric is acting like a dickhead now. I think we've only scratched the surface. So, yeah, it's... Maybe that's what Beverly Hills needed to become interesting again, but you're mm-hmm. right. It's not exactly... It's not like Atlantis has a lightness of touch about it, but with Beverly Hills, I'm like, Ooh, it's all pretty dark. So let's move over to Dubai. In yes. general, what are your feelings? Let me know. So I was enjoying the early episodes, but felt like it wasn't kind of coming together. And I was liking individual people, individual scenes. But I was like, I need more group stuff. And I need the storylines mm-hmm. to kind of keep into gear. And thankfully, I feel like the last three or so episodes, it finally has. We're probably going to get, what, 10 episodes max and a reunion. So I feel like it's actually been overall more enjoyable than I've expected. And I've, I'm I'm enjoying it to know this group, but I think there's some potential there. So a little bit of a slow burn compared slow to like, the launch of Salt Lake City, but definitely worth a watch. And I'm glad that I'm sticking with it. For sure. So we're like reeling from... Uh the big like dinner confrontation between Sarah and Brooks last week. Yes. That really is the thread for the whole episode. Yeah. In this like narrative that like Sarah is kind of a know-it-all who tells people like yeah. what they should be doing with their lives. Like between that and her telling Ion to be kind. And like, if you watch that clip with Ion where she takes Ion's arm and writes kind on it, it's actually oh like, God psychotic the way that sarah talks she's like maybe one day you'll it took me a while to get to be a person like me but maybe one like she, i'm ad-libbing but like maybe one day you'll like be a person like me like isn't that is that what she said it was along those lines and it's funny because when the show started you know we were introduced to sarah and i thought okay this is interesting her angle is i respect my middle eastern values but i am more progressive in these ways and the scenes with her kid where she's trying to make her son be more communicative i was like okay that's interesting, but I was also like, I'm getting bullshit advice because I felt like she was saying all these kind, like as Lisa says later on, kind of Insta friendly things. And I remember going on her Instagram and she was like, "Justice for Johnny Depp, he's innocent." Blah blah. blah. I was oh, like, no. "Sorry, I actually don't think there's really much progressive thought here in this person. I don't think she's quite as like clued in as she thinks she is. It just all feels kind of like sound bites and BS." And mm-hmm. that was my vibe early on. I thought. I could be wrong, whatever. Like, she's fulfilling a role in the show. She's glamorous and she's got, like, a home life. Cool, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then, as this unfolded, I was like, my instincts were right. Now, maybe the editing was just leading me down that path anyway. But I was like, I knew I was onto something here. Yeah, I mean, that being said, we'll get to Brooks later in this episode. Like, Brooks is also, like, what's going on? I look at her Twitter and it's all, like, her fighting, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. I think Brooks is, like 
She's going a little too hard on the housewives thing, I think. She needs yeah. to find the middle grounds. Yeah. She's... Like Chanel Ayan is too, but with the lightness of touch. Brooks is yeah. like, I'll fucking fight you. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, like we don't have to be that hot all the time. They're both like students of the housewives, like school of witchcraft and wizardry or whatever. And sorry, I didn't mean to make a reference to a term. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> <they're>, perfect. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's with Ayan, it's like working more than it's working with Brooks right now. Although I, I do, yeah, I do quite like Brooks, but so I'm kind of rooting for her, but I know what you mean. It's like at times I'm like, yeah, it's where, yeah, Ayan is also just, I think, naturally a bit funnier or something. I mean, yeah. even her saying to her son when they were at the fitting in the first scene or two, I like the horse stuff. I was like, oh, that's such a stupid thing to say, but it's funny the way she says it. Like she can just kind of say shit and it's, it's entertaining. I know. And then like, I think Lisa's actually like striking the correct yeah. balance i think so too i think lisa is a real star i think she's charismatic and she's like funny and she's also kind of open and she has an interesting home life that we're seeing lots of mm-hmm. and i she kind of reminds me of someone you would see on, on one of the american housewife shows but also her background and like the fact that she you know talks about being jamaican and american and british and like her you know even like she was saying how like one you know one kid has one accent one has another like I think there's a lot to her and she's fun and she's a good kind of um connector with all the women as well i feel like and she's not afraid to stand up for herself but it feels more organic or something yeah and then oh. sorry i'm just kind of like going through the women because i think that's like probably the best way to talk about them but like yes. nina to me there's something about her energy that feels really familiar to me and that i like same but, and yeah she's eileen davis and vibes to me a little bit which is always to me is a, a good thing yeah it's like more of a background player but like you need those people on these shows not everyone can be the big personality because you need some balance there yeah i agree and i still think she's compelling and i like that she's not afraid to go well i can see both sides here but i think maybe like i feel like she's emotionally intelligent and kind of open which i like yeah agreed and then just like caroline oh my god Caroline Stanbury is I mean I feel like we're finally getting the Caroline Stanbury we wanted you know even when I don't like her I'm like this is why you're on the show to me so fascinating just because like we're learning so much about her we're seeing her parents more and it's like her narrative versus how her parents appear on the show doesn't exactly line up and that's what's interesting because we all have we all have certain opinions about our childhood or view how our childhoods went down and that's not necessarily always the complete truth i do believe that she is like she is traumatized from boarding school um (laughs) i wouldn't i don't think i would want to go to boarding school yeah i mean what was interesting to me about caroline this week was you know they had there was a lot of talk about the two sets of parents meeting and how is it gonna Mm -hmm. go and da 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 and weirdly I felt like Sergio's parents were way more chill and like friend. Like I thought they were going to be like absolute over the top characters, and they were so like warm and friendly. Yeah, her parents were a little bit, I think, kind of on their best behavior. Even the whole like, oh, we've got very good English. I was like, oh my god, the absolute rich person, right wing Tory vibes of Caroline's mom are like off the charts. But yeah. anyway, but I did find it funny in that scene the way Caroline was interacting with Sergio and kind of laughing. I was like, you know what? A, this is the most relaxed and fun she has been all season, and B. I really think she's into him. Whatever their weird dynamic is, I think she actually does get a lot out of being in that relationship. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just having a hot young guy in her arm. But like, I was like, oh, there's something there with those two. Because I think sometimes when they're squabbling, you're like, what is the point of this? But I was like, oh, there's something about Sergio and his himbo ways that she is just 
she's been she's been brought in under the spell yeah and i also think that there is like a self-deprecating thing to her like she knows she's a woman of a certain age and it she knows how it looks that she's like marrying this young guy so she's joking around like maybe your second wife will be younger like that type of thing and that's also a defense mechanism because like she knows how this like how some people will perceive this and she's also just like she's not used to she's not used to being around family in the way that he is so it's interesting seeing the five the six of them together it's also just i mean broadly speaking and it's one of the things that actually in general is interesting about dubai in terms of how they've cast the show is there's you constantly seeing like kind of cultural differences and just backgrounds good bad or otherwise mm-hmm. and there is broadly speaking a cliche about a certain kind of british person like caroline who comes from wealth or aristocracy or whatever it is right where they're they are more reserved and they are less willing to be open and then there is a thing about p- parts of europe particularly like mediterranean countries where they are a little bit more like open and i think that's also where some of the like sergio's gay stuff comes from. i'm like no he's not gay he's european like that's a joke i'd have with friends is he gay or is he european like in parts of europe men are more communicative and flamboyant and open it doesn't mean they're gay they're just mm-hmm. he's just from spain you know what i mean so mm-hmm. i also love that caroline's makeup artist is irish because this week we got lots of her being like oh, covid was it oh that's awful oh come on. oh that's late like she was her accent to me was so soothing i was like oh my god i know so many women who sound like that person speaking of that did luke come in town for the wedding we haven't seen him yet. And I kind of, I thought he might pop up even in the getting ready for this elaborate engagement party. So if that's why the makeup artist girl, whose name is Maria, uh, Maria Doyle makeup, if people want to look her up on Instagram, she got like a lot more screen time this week, I felt. I'm glad we got a glimpse of the ladies of London women at the party. Yes. And I'm happy yes. we're getting a scene next week. next week with them. Yes, I'm so thrilled. Even when we got that brief shot of Sophie Stanbury, I was like, where are the rest of these women? So hopefully we'll see more next week. And then... um. Was Dorinda at this wedding? I thought Dorinda came to this wedding. I don't know. I mean, it would make sense of her and Luke, maybe, but I feel like if she was there, we would have gotten a shot of it because they tease Phaedra quite a bit, and we saw the shots of Juliet and Sophie next week. So I don't know. I also laughed when they were setting up the engagement party, like just visually, and they put the temperature on screen. And I, it was in Fahrenheit, so I changed it to Celsius on my phone. And like, it was as hot in the UK this week. As it was in the desert of Dubai. Oh, yeah. I, was like, I was like, global warming is not playing around because London was that warm and they are not in Dubai. So I was like, how harrowing to think that the temperatures were shared by the two places. Truly wild. Um, so obviously at the end of the night is when we get our little sit down with uh, Brooks yes, and yes, Sarah. Yes. And it gets heated really quickly. And part of me thought that was editing. I noticed a couple of jumps where I was like, they've edited this to get to the good part, but it feels insane as a result. Yeah. And also, like, we're, like, really breaking the fourth wall in a way where they're both saying, you're not showing people who you are. And they mean the women, but I also think they mean the future audience. Yeah, and like that's even the way like Caroline went straight to well, I'm not seeing the real Sarah. It was very like we both know like we're filming a show. Like I actually felt that's why the producer intervened, not because Brooks was being even that necessarily angry or too angry. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a way of saying, Whoa, 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 don't talk about the fact that you're on a show in the first season, please. We don't yeah. know if we're getting a full season pickup. Like let's not let's not fuck this up before we get it. Yeah. yeah, so then we get the two be continued and then the trailer for next week. They didn't do a trailer for next week in Beverly Hills, but I guess we got the 
the to be mid-season yeah. trailer, yeah. The mid-season trailer wasn't on my episode when I watched it. Did it air alongside the episode for you? I don't think it did. Maybe I was getting the impression that maybe we got it to be continued right up to the credits, and then next week that'll probably be in lieu of a coming up next episode, which I actually kind of hate. I'm like, how about you give me a next episode and a mid-season trailer trailer? The mid-season, oh no, the mid-season trailer came out Thursday afternoon, because I remember that's when I was at the grocery store. But do you think it'll be tagged on to next week's episode? You know, usually it's in, like, the episode, like... Oh, that's annoying if it is. Um, Anyway. Let's go to Ultimate Girls Trip. Yes. Oh, my God. The end of the line. I really thought we would get an eighth episode, because remember, they were like, we filmed so much, they got an extra episode. I'm Mm -hmm. like, nope, they gave a seven. They gave a seven. It's so sad that this is ending. I know. I still think, honestly, think I preferred the first one, and I still think I'm actually more excited about the third one. But this still had, obviously, like iconic moments, and it was fascinating, and at times for me, a little bit too dark, but like it was still, I mean, appointment viewing, obviously. I think you're very much in the minority there with that opinion. Yeah, I think it was just. There was great stuff in this, but I think ultimately at times I felt like there's a reason a lot of you are not on the main show, whereas I felt like the first one had less expectations and it was seeing a side of people that were already on other shows at the time. And so it was more of a surprise, mm-hmm. whereas this was, yeah, Eva was a delight and we weren't quite expecting her to be so good. Oh my God, Phaedra's back. But a lot of these women were sort of hitting familiar beats that we have seen them hit before, whereas that's true. one was new sides of Teresa, new side of Kyle. I, it just feels a little bit new pressure. side of Kenya. And yeah, I guess like season one, we were breaking the fourth wall more. Like they were yes, talking a lot more about production and yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting. Um, so back to ultimate girl strip season two, though, let's not dwell on the past. Yeah, let's not, let's, let's not live in the past. Like Dorinda, I can't dwell in the past. <laughs> so we're waking up. Brandy is still oh wearing her outfit from the night before. <laughs> I love, I loved when Jill was like, oh, walk of shame. And she's like, there's no shame. I was like, oh, I was like, oh. particularly because I'm like, it's not like she was like at the club and walked home from some guy's house. That's obviously not a source of shame. But like when you think walk of shame, you think, oh, you went to like an after party in last night's outfit and you have to get the bus home or something. I'm like, she went to bed. You were all in the living room and she just went to bed in her dress. Like, it's I know. Not even a walk of shame. Like, come on. But I loved her. the visual of her with her hair higher than God and like, you know, last night's dress and being like, hi guys. <laughs> that was really funny. Jill insisting on making these damn muffins again. <laughs> oh, Jill is such a fucking flop. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know. Oh, I disagree. I disagree. Oh, she's a flop. I've, I've been saying this and I feel vindicated by this season. Too. I disagree fun. wholeheartedly. I think oh. she comes across, compared to a lot of these other women, she comes across looking great i mean yeah is she a little is she a little annoying yes that's that's how she always was like she's she's just like she's trying to like she tries to make it nice she's actually trying she might (laughs) flop a lot but she tries she but it's funny to me that she at one point oh i want to be friend of because i'm like you are just about registering as friend of on this show and your Mm -hmm. main cast i was like i just i really think we've gotten all we will get out of jill's iron at this point so she was definitely you know a little more bearable in this episode, but I have not really dug her on this season overall. Right. Um, and then we're going canoeing. Do you Can know? I just say, go, sorry, yeah. We canoeing. And I, I feel seen by this. The amount of Diet Coke consumed on this show makes, makes me so happy. Oh, it's they a are, lot. They are having Diet Coke at breakfast. They are having a Diet Coke, like when they're getting ready. I'm like, this show is, even Jill, 
who doesn't drink was like, but I'll have a Diet Coke. I was like, and they don't really obscure the label. I feel like I saw no. also, by the way, that round can of Diet Coke, you cannot get that here anymore. It's really hard to find. So it also pangs nostalgia for me. Anyway. What do they sorry. serve it in a square can? You get these kind of taller, they're still a round can, but they're taller and thinner. Oh, I yeah. think they're meant to be more like sustainable or something. And they're nice, but I miss me a little thicky, little small thicky guy. I will say, Connor, you say even Jill Zarin. Jill Zarin famously loves Diet Coke. That's I like- know, but like, what I mean is, you know, you notice that in her hand, whereas like with the other woman, you're more, you'd notice like booze. I just, yeah, but true. She's yeah. a Diet Coke. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a Jill Zarin. Maybe that's my problem. Maybe you're a Jill Zarin. You <laughs> hate the most what you see in yourself. <laughs> it's deep self-loathing. Wow. Like, anyway, sorry. We were talking about canoeing and I just had to mention Diet Coke. Yeah, so we're canoeing, um, which is fun because they didn't really point this out, but it does harken back to an iconic um, Rony moment when we yeah. were in canoes, but none of these gals were on the show at that point. So yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly the the glass smashing. They should have reenacted that; would have been really funny. Yeah, Ramona throwing the glass at Kristen Takeman because <laughs> Kristen Takeman splashed her when they're canoeing. Is that the same time she said, who are you to get me wet? Was that the same episode or no? There were two instances of splashation in that season. One was at a spa and one was this one. Who are you to get me wet? Sorry, I'm thinking of a different scene. (laughs) So, I mean, this was fun. It was like antics. It's like nobody really knows how to canoe. I think like Tamara and Vicky were going around in circles because they didn't get the concept of like, you have to like row on either side of the um, boat. Yeah, and I also think at that point, you know, you uh, something that they've said on camera, but you just felt watching was you could tell that they were like, we need to do something to fill a few hours. We're all going crazy. So something like a silly outdoor activity that where they can kind of let burn off some steam, but mm-hmm. also like squabble. It's like, you know, they're not going to have like an angry drunken fight, but you know, you're going to get some kind of interaction out of it. And I did, I mean, at the shot of like Vicky and Tamara not being able to canoe, and Jim was like, "No, no, no!" Like you're on the same side, and they both went, "Shut up, Jill!" <laughs> it's like that's that kind of week long holiday bonding where they're just like, "Oh, shut up to each other!" Like yeah. you can tell they've been hanging out with each other too much. And then we go to this like lunch where we where we always have to play a game at a meal. So yes, although I quite liked how this one panned out because it led to some interesting conversations, even if Jill had to explain it several times for no reason. I liked when she mentioned again that she plays with her sister and her aunt, and they're like, "We know you just told <laughs> yeah, that no, to you, us." Yeah, and you're like, "Yeah, you just told us that." Yeah, <laughs> and it's like a word association game, which is pretty dangerous, but it ended up being fine. I loved as I mean it, like you know, it, there were some kind of nice moments of them being like, "Oh, I'm this, thank you guys," but like, of course, Vicky turns it into like I thought Vicky's vibe with this was so classic housewives to see self involved and be like, "Oh, of course I'm self involved. I'm involved in myself." Like, take that <laughs> do that kind of. I was like, that is classic, a eh, Vicky, but it's very old school housewives. You know, the kind of take her. It's a bit like the white trash thing with Sonia and and Ramona back in the day. Like, yeah, well, maybe that's a good thing. And Brandy being like, "No, it's not good. welcome to my trailer." Yeah. I was like, this is actually like Vicky. I went back and forth on, but in moments like that, I mean, she's just, she's so naturally funny in that completely unintentional way. I mean, when she said last episode, when I die, if I die right now, tell them I was sad. <laughs> I sad. I was like, <laughs> or even like, and now one of the episodes where Brandy comes in to talk to them and you could just see Vicky be like, I'm going to pretend to choke for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, and Tyron like, you're fine. <laughs> like, oh, Vicky is just, I mean, I don't want her back in OC. I think this is a good quick fix of Vicky, but we still got some moments. And to be honest, 
I did not think she would come out of the vaccine conversation. So not, not well, as in that's a terrible point of view, but I thought that would cast a shadow on her whole time in the show. And, and it didn't. It didn't, which maybe is because we're a little bit further along with COVID as well. But like, I was like, damn, Vicky, you did make me laugh. I can't deny it. I know. And then after this, we go home and get ready. And then we go to this place that is like a house of horrors. (laughs) It really was. I was like, I'm sorry. And even they made, I mean, you could maybe enlighten me on this. They made such a big deal of the fact that they were in Massachusetts or like they seem to like move out of state or to a different like a further along in the state or something is that right like what was the... i think just a different part like a different town yeah they really made out like they're so far from the manor i was like okay okay i don't know where any of this is so and it's like we get so we roll up we're sitting outside on these benches and having drinks but it's like there's this one server who knows all their names and they're spooked by that that would be me. I'd be like, print out a list of women <laughs> coming and I'll memorize their names. Or she's just a, a housewife's head. Maybe she's like, you know, secretly Queens of Bravo or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Queens of Bravo. And then all of a sudden, Brandy makes like a little comment about like, I hope Dorinda doesn't yell tonight. And then Dorinda goes off. Oh my God. This was so painful. And I, like, you know, there's been times this season where Dorinda and Brownie have gone too far and it's usually quite far along with the drinking. So it doesn't excuse it, but it almost explains there. But she like Dorinda will go for the jugular so quickly. And it's like, you know, when she, just before that, she's like, I'm going to miss having you all here. And then it's like, yeah, but on camera 10 minutes later, I'm watching you like not 10 minutes, but like in the episode mere minutes later, you're being so vicious to one of the people you get on with the best. Yeah. I do like it oh. though. Like then they decide to bring, Jill's like, let's go to the bathroom to bring Brandy out of the way. And it's, I like how it's always Phaedra and Jill who are like calming Brandy down. Yeah, I think they, they know that you want drama on screen, but they don't want it to carry on too much. So their instinct is, okay, we've had a heated exchange. Let's suddenly cool off things. And also probably is more camera time if you pull away and get it up close and personal with someone who's upset. And they're like, the producers are purposely torturing them, right? With like the bathroom being so far away. <laughs> and that one point when Jill was like, excuse me, miss, where is the ladies room? And that woman who I did seem to kind of, cause she, we see her later on, but she did kind of go, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ, where like where are the toilets here? She's got a blurred face. And then just like <laughs> to journey to the other table through oh a barn, really? down some stairs. That was deranged, like truly wild. And they were like, oh, it's so beautiful here. I was like, not really. Sorry. Like, it's not that nice. You've had nicer setups this season. Mm-hmm. I um, did laugh. Sorry, I did I did laugh too because as they were getting ready for this and then they got there, I started to look at all their outfits and I realized, oh my God, this was the night they took that iconic group photo of them all drunk as hell that became the leak of us finding out this cast. And I was like, wow, history was made here tonight. Remember that photo where like Dorinda is like so clearly wasted and they all have their shoes off. I know. I and- like, oh wow, they took that photo here. <laughs> and I think we all assumed back then because it was like near October or whatever that, and because of those purple lights, we all assumed it was like some sort of Halloween haunted night. Yeah, we did. I remember thinking that too. And you're like, no, it's just in the middle of nowhere and like smells like cow shit and they all got absolutely fucking wasted there. And this like pastor comes out. Yeah, although the music at first they cut so quickly into him talking, I was like, oh, maybe they didn't get a license for the music. And then we got this gorgeous song happening. So I was like, okay, that's kind of fab. And it wasn't it wild, like how. <laughs> 
before they go for dinner, Brandy kind of goes away and she's emotional. And Taylor, despite the emotional moment they had early in the day, is immediately like, you know, making fun of Brandy. That's what she does. I'm like, Taylor, you got to pick a lane. You can't be like, I forgive you slash I will talk shit about you the minute you leave. Like, it's wild. She's picked lane and it's sitting at that one restaurant in Orange County that she's always at. <laughs> That's her lane. And then at dinner to have Dorinda be like, I love you all. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brandy. I was like, Dorinda is so chaotic. Oh my God. I know. I mean, this was an amazing season. I know you didn't like it as much as I did, but people... Oh, it was still good. Come on. I mean, the bar is very high, I think, with all these shows. The people moment. want this group to do a- another season. It was funny because I kept hearing that. I thought, oh, there's no way because they don't want to repeat themselves. But for them to include that montage of everybody bar Eva saying they do it again, I was like, that's interesting because like what you're saying is we could revisit that. Like they could potentially do a season four with these women mm-hmm. in a different yeah, curious, like I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, we'll see how three shakes out just in terms of what it's like, but also when it airs. Like, I feel like they're still not with the main shows. We kind of know roughly when they may land and the time frame with Girls Trip. They don't seem to quite know because I'm sure it's shorter runs. So they could place wherever they want. But like, yeah, depending on when, like, could you have cameras up in somewhere Berkshire's esque in the autumn again like could that happen maybe or send them somewhere like completely different send them like to mexico or something like have them go to puerto vallarta and like see vicky's world yeah i mean that's the thing also i'm sure they'll be like we are going somewhere hot and sunny because we did not get to yeah (laughs) we did not get to leave the states the last time they would demand that so yeah i think i mean i would listen i mean I preferred one. I'm buzzed for three, but I would watch the season two group doing something else. And maybe if Eva doesn't want to do it, you could throw in one or two new faces. X And I was yeah, thinking like yeah. you could, if Tamara's busy, you could replace her with oh, someone yeah. else from OC or yeah. a Beverly Hills and, ex-wife or something. Or a Jersey ex-wife, though there's like not as big of a crop of people willing to do it in Jersey, I don't think. If we could pick two ex-wives to join, say to replace Tamara and Eva, who would who would we choose? Um, do, 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 Jacqueline Larita. Oh my God. And. <laughs> oh my God. Chaos. Um. Chaos. Who else? Claudia, <laughs> Claudia Jordan. Oh yeah. Cause people have been asking for, and I saw there's a rumor about Dallas coming back and Claudia Jordan pitched herself as being involved with that. Cause she lives there. I mean. Yeah, I feel like the Claudia Jordan has underrated, like, kind of fan favorite energy. Mm-hmm. One. I was going to say Carlton, just for old time's sake. Oh, yes. <laughs> Maybe in, in the in the Berkshire, she could do some spells with Dorinda. <laughs> oh, my God. Beautiful. Well, let's get to our Freak of the Week and the One True Queen. And we're going to do it a little differently this week. We've decided that we're each going to name a freak from Rugged Season 2 and a queen mm-hmm. of Rugged yes. Season 2. So, Connor, who's your freak? My freak of Rugged Season 2 is Jill. Jill is the freak of, of Rugged Season You're 2. You're a loser. Because <laughs> Dorinda is truly the freak, but for me, Jill, like, from the like her entrance in Episode 2, not going down as well as it could, to her, like, just, oh, I just want to be friend of. Like, I just feel like Jill really thought this is her moment, and I'm like, we got some fun moments at you, but, like, I don't need to see you back on, on New York. Like, I would still rather have Dorinda back in some kind of New York mold than Jill, personally. Yeah, I was going to say Dorinda, but then I was thinking about it. And you know who's actually, like, who lost out the most from <laughs> appearing on this show? I think Bluestone Manor, unfortunately. <laughs> like, oh online, I've, online for years, we've always been, like, 
people want to go stay there. It'd be amazing to stay there. And now everyone's like, I would never want to stay there. Too many bad vibes because of Dorinda, but like still. But mind you, speaking of Dorinda and Bluestone Manor, I felt like this episode really underlined how chaotic and slightly like off-putting her bedroom is like i'm just like she is just laying in her own filth every day there's a mess everywhere that tv is way too close to the bed i'm like i just feel like you know she's like oh i'm on my own the house and i'm like i'd say she doesn't leave that bed for days on end yeah and to be honest i probably probably wouldn't either if i carlos waiting on me hand if i'd be like oh get me a sandwich (laughs) yeah um so who is the queen I think the queen of Rugged season two, as Dan would call it, is Eva, because I've always liked Eva. I liked her in Atlanta, but I felt like we always didn't get the Mm -hmm. best side of her. And she was just in such a nice place. She got in the mix and wasn't afraid to speak her mind, but she was also like a peacemaker. And like, I think truly of everybody in the confessionals, she just, both the ones that they filmed, like in the attic upstairs, maybe the attic is the true freak of the season. Mm -hmm. And like the ones that they did, like, you know, the more traditional ones, she was just a breath of fresh. And I would actually love to see her maybe pop up in Atlanta in a scene or two, just kind of for old time's sake. For sure. I totally agree. I called it from the first promo. I knew that she was going to be the star and she was. Mm. I was, I remember even when we saw that cat's phone, we were like, Eva's there. And I was like, actually, no. Even then I was like, she's giving me like point of view character for us. She's the glue. I was like, they can't all be, because there's so many combustible personalities in that cast. I was like, mm-hmm. if they were all like that, it would have got like, thank God for Eva. Because at times I was like, oh, they're all doing too much. I'm glad Eva's here to be a normal human being. Great. So thank you so much, Connor. Being host of housewives and me aka ham for joining us this week <laughs> where can people find you on the internet you can find me it's connor Bean on twitter and instagram the podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts we are on a bit of a hiatus there is a mini episode up this week where i talk about the new jersey filming if people are interested and there's like 86 other episodes and we should be back uh in september brendan you have been on dan has been on you both recently did an episode together as well mm-hmm. so even if you just want to hear the Come Through Green Boys talk some shit with me, you can do that by finding Housewives and Me wherever you get your podcasts. Great. And you can find everything Come Through Queen at comethroughqueen.com. Um, Dan will be back next week. Um, thank you. Love us, love us. Please retweet. Bye. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Come through, Queen. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.